Cubicle to CEO offers programs that generate massive impact. In the last year alone, they've helped over 750 aspiring educators successfully launch their first online course in just three days' time through their bi-monthly live challenge called Paid to Create. Inside their signature 12-month mentorship program, dozens of service providers, coaches, and freelancers have also made their first $10,000 revenue month with audiences of less than 1,000. Hear these students' inspiring stories and learn from their detailed case studies by searching and subscribing to Cubicle to CEO on your favorite podcast player. To all our new and dedicated listeners, you know how much we value supporting women in business here at the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are so happy to share this week's show sponsor, Cubicle to CEO, an amazing podcast that elevates the financial footprint of women entrepreneurs everywhere. Stop guessing when it comes to the finances of your business and start feeling empowered to boost your business's revenue with guidance from some of the best experts in business now. Cubicle to CEO, hosted by Ellen Yin, is a weekly show bringing you case study interviews with leading entrepreneurs and CEOs so you can borrow a specific new revenue growth strategy from each guest that has already been successfully implemented in their own business. Skip the expensive and time-consuming learning curve of testing what actually works by learning from the best and brightest business mentors every Monday. Grab a snack and settle in to hear about the financial details of Cubicle to CEO. Tune in to Cubicle to CEO's case study with Girls Who Code, which I personally love because I've worked with them before, used to be a code mentor, so definitely listen to this episode, to reveal how they achieved impressive enrollment increases by more than 200% during a global pandemic, a jump from 1,600 to 5,000 students enrolled that brought their total students served over to 500,000. Episode 143 goes into detail with the fabulous Dr. Tarika Barrett, the CEO of Girls Who Codes, an international nonprofit organization working to close the gender gap in technology. Want to use the best income growth strategies from top entrepreneurs and CEOs, including Ellen herself? You can binge listen to the past income reports on Cubital CEO today, plus receive your free access to your first 10K month masterclass and a bonus workbook by going to our special link today. That is zen.ai backslash heart CEO altogether. Again, that's zen.ai backslash heart CEO. Have fun listening. friends and welcome back to the heart and hustle podcast i am angelica yard and i'm charisma o'keefe and we're here every thursday talking to you about entrepreneurship business life balance so many different things if you're not already following along with us on social media the best place to follow along is instagram at heart and hustle podcast but you can also follow along at twitter heart and hustle pod and also on facebook at heart and hustle podcast as well and you can leave us reviews in all the places where reviews are left wherever you listen to podcasts reviews are great because they literally just allow other people who you might not even know to kind of discover the podcast. So I, I think that a lot of the growth that we've had and stuff has been because y'all have left some great reviews. So we really appreciate that. Literally, we read every single review. So please, please, please keep leaving them. If you haven't left one yet, please do that. Yes, for sure. And we are also doing a holiday gift guide. So we are highlighting some small businesses this year to do kind of a fancy gift guide so you guys can get all of your shopping needs ready to go and shopping independently and shopping small as we like to do here. So if you are interested in having your 
shop or your products featured in that gift guide, you can send us a DM on Instagram at Heart and Hustle Podcast, or you can email us at hello at heartandhustlepodcast.com, and we will get that, and we will uh, follow up with you to make sure that you get featured, because that's exciting to be able to do that, and it will probably be on Instagrams, and we'll probably have it in like a physical format that you can view on the website as well, so we'll have a link for that as well. So coming up in the September range, so we can get it out early as possible, so you're not out here stressed trying to shop yeah and make sure that you let us know like what like what your offerings are going to be specifically for holiday if you haven't listened to our episode where we talk about how to get your business ready for the holidays we just recently put that out so make sure if you missed that when you go back and check it because we did kind of do some timelines some outlines sort of so to speak so that you can kind of say okay it's you know july i need to be doing this in september i need to be doing this october so on so on so Definitely check that out. But today we're actually going to talk about how to have a healthier and more productive morning routine. Um, Because we know a lot of people are just burnt out (laughs) and tired and just, you know, everything is just nonstop. News is coming at us 24-7. A lot of times, even though all these unprecedented events are happening, work is continuing to go on, whether it's you work for someone else and they're just not really giving the space to slow down or you work for yourself and you can't slow down because you have to make money, right? Um, So I think that one thing to do if you, I mean, really always if you're experiencing burnout and that sort of thing, we talk about that in other episodes, you should take some time for yourself. But if you are still just having trouble getting into like, just getting into it, getting work done on time and not feeling overwhelmed, I think that a morning routine that is healthy, that is productive, can really make a huge difference in how your entire day goes. For me, when I like stick to my morning routine, like my entire day is much smoother, much easier. I can finish my work at a decent time. um, And I have more balance in my life. Whereas if I kind of throw my morning routine to just whatever, I'm not going to do anything specific. I'm just going to like wake up late, do all the, like not take my vitamins, like not hydrate, all those things, not, not move my body. Um, I definitely feel it by the time like two or three rolls around. I'm typically not done with my work. I'm typically stressed out. I feel like I have too much going on. Those are a lot of, also a lot of the times that like I end up working way past like when I should be working. Um, so we're going to kind of get into some of the tips that we have for starting your morning. <laughs> we say we, let's, let's be very particular. <laughs> what charisma does to stay sane and be a balanced human being. <laughs> yeah. like, FYI. <laughs> like, don't listen to what I'm doing. <laughs> the first one will already know that I wrote this list because what the first one is, which is get a good night's sleep, which is not something that you're doing. Um, but getting a good night's sleep is really just a great way. Like that's where your morning routine starts to me. It's like, you got to wind down at the end of the day. You got to put the devices down and have some sort of night routine. It doesn't have to be complicated. It can just be, okay, I wash my face. I brush my teeth. You know, I make sure that my phone is away. And then I, you know, listen to my favorite song or whatever it is. Um, but having some sort of little mini night routine that gets you a good night's sleep so that you can be getting however many hours you need, because everybody is super different when it comes to that. I know doctors typically say eight, but some people run really well on six or seven, and some people run better on nine. Um, So just kind of figuring out where is that like best time for you. And, you know, basically making sure that you get those hours in so that you can start the day 
well rested instead of like waking up and being tired. Cause I know that that's definitely something a lot of people wake up and they're already tired. And again, I understand like if you have kids, if you have multiple, like this is not always going to be, you're not always in the season where you or whatever. <laughs> you're always in that season. So I completely understand that if you're like, my kid wakes me up four times during the night, like that, yeah, it's, it's not always going to work for everyone. But if you're not in that season and you can get the sleep and that those, that time frame is there for you to be able to get those hours, then you shouldn't necessarily need to wake up completely exhausted. And that's, that's always what worries me is when people are able to get the sleep and they do get the sleep, like, you know, if they're not getting like actual restful sleep, then they're going to wake up tired. Um, then the next thing to do is hydrate, which I can't believe so many people do not do this in the morning. Um, a lot of people do not hydrate in the morning and in other countries, it's a very big thing to drink water when you wake up. And I guess it's like not really an American thing, I guess. Well, I joke about this all the time with my friends who are also millennials because water was not promoted (laughs) to millennial kids. Water was not a beverage of choice. Like in the late eighties, till the 2010s, maybe we were all about juice and coffee and sunny D and like, whatever like kids didn't grow up drinking water. it just was a thing like the general mainstream media was like milk was more important than water we got more ads for milk (laughs) so i I, a lot of millennial adults have had a lot of issues switching to the mindset of like water is very important which i get because you grew up your parents can give you a a crap ton of water um so it definitely is an american-centric by America, I mean North America, the United States of America, because I'm sure South America has their stuff together. Uh, <laughs> and I'm sure Canada has their stuff together. More so the U.S.-centric type thing about water. So I've noticed that a lot of people do struggle with water just because that's not what they grew up on. If you grew up in a family that was different, yeah. and it was healthy, and it was fine. About that. And that makes so much sense because, like, my mom was, like, a very, like, she was considered very weird, and she was, like, a health nut. Quote. Right, exactly. And that was very unusual. Yeah. And even, even with, like, um, my mom, because my mom even, like, worked at a health store, like, in, like, the early 80s before I was born. And even in that time, though, I still drank a lot of milk because it was right. considered to be healthy. So, like, right. we didn't drink soda or, like, a, a ton of, like, I could do box stuff if I was, like, you know, like, she wasn't like, you can't have it. Like, I could go do it if I was with friends or whatever. But at home, we typically drink milk and water, which is still kind of, now I drink, like, uh, oat milk and water. Um, but, yeah, like, we drank a lot of that. And I guess I never really thought about that. But that's so true. Like, it wasn't, you know, most of the time, like, you're, you know, if you're at a friend's house, like, I'd be handed, like, a soda. Or a Capri And, like, you get a box Capri-san. of Pacific Cooler yeah. and call it a day. So I loved those. I found them to be really exciting because we didn't, like, have them at home a lot. There was also one that was, like, in some sort of, it looked like a little tiny clear barrel. And it was, like, a some sort of drink. I don't know what it was called, but those were very exciting to me. But yeah, I could see where that could be. Yes. So, um, but I think my perspective, which I'm a, a water drinker in general, but thinking about your morning routine, my perspective shifted about making sure that I had water first thing in the morning was when, so I think maybe it was on social. Somebody just, maybe I was listening to a podcast, somebody specifically called out. Can you imagine that you wake up in the morning and the first thing you put in your, your body is coffee? And I was just like, you know what? You do have the power over the first thing you put in your body or food. Like people just wake up in the morning and go eat. 
Like, I, that is very true. So I think moving forward, I was like, okay, yeah, you should have water before tea or coffee in the morning. Like, you should, water should be the first thing you put yeah. in your body in the morning time. Like, that does make sense. It's like, we need um, it to survive. Like, yeah, it's, you know, it's a, it's a, like, you know, you, if you don't eat, like, you know, I don't know, broccoli, you can still survive. But like, if you don't have some sort of water, in your diet, like you can't live. So it's like, it seems like something we should be starting our day off with. And I know in other countries, like, uh, I know specifically they do this in Japan sometimes, like certain things that you'll come into the doctor for and like, you'll be like, oh, this is, this is off. And this isn't like, I feel this isn't working well. And they'll say, okay, I want you to do water therapy. And I want you to start the day with three glasses of water, four, you know, whatever the, the specific amount is for whatever they're going through. Um, and it like, it's literally something that works and helps people this water therapy. So I'm like, I definitely think there's something to that. And I think starting your day with at least a glass of water, so you can just kind of rehydrate. And I don't think everybody understands that like caffeine is like dehydrating. So because people will have coffee in the morning and feel like, oh, I'm awake, like I feel better. But but caffeine can be dehydrating. So it's like you kind of want to counteract that and at least have a glass of water before you get into your coffee or your tea or whatever. Um, so, yeah, it's just you want to rehydrate your body before you're getting into everything, especially during the summer. My goodness. Like, huh. and to, to the people, the coffee, the iced coffee lovers are like, that's what iced coffee is for. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what they're saying my, my iced coffee friends are like that's what iced coffee is for like, in it, so that melts in this water <laughs> that's exactly exactly what they're saying I can hear them now I can hear the, the cup the Starbucks cup shaking uh-huh. hear, that's what the ice is for it's so funny um, the next thing you should probably think about doing which will help your morning routine which I do agree with is movement and this is something that as you get older, you're more thankful for, obviously. Everyone always tells young people, you don't know how good you have it, your body, da-da-da, you got to do all this stuff when you get older. But it's true. Like, you uh-huh. become more, um, like, sedentary, and you don't move as much as you get older when you start to work. And so your body just is not, in, it's flexible, is not in, in tune with it is. Unless you're an athlete or you're, you know, maintaining that workout schedule meticulously. And even then you still start your morning basically kind of stretching out your muscles and moving yeah. your body. So um, your your body just listens to all of the systems connect and they communicate. And when you're moving in the morning and not just like, in a like getting up and then rolling out of bed to go for a run, but even just meticulously stretching and being yes. intentional about the way you get out of bed. Like I know a lot of people have a whole stretch routine. I think, um, Hey Fran, Hey, um, has a link at some point she talked about her stretch routine that she started to do when she got out of bed and maybe if i find the link to that i'll share it but it's i think it's like a youtube video but that's something that you can do just in your like you get it in the bed you just sit up and like take time and be meticulous with like stretching out your neck and just like doing your twist so you can massage your internal system making sure you massage your lymphatic system like all these little processes and things that you kind of learn through yoga if you're a long-term yoga practice. And I was for those people that wake up and they're like, oh, like, I wish I pooped more. It's like, this is, this is. Yeah, I'm, (laughs) do your twist in bed, get up, do your your twist, very gentle, doesn't have to be excessive, but just massaging all of the little organs right there, wake up that system and they're like, oh, hello, we got stuff to go into, not just getting up and drink coffee <laughs> um, or yeah. getting up and having to have Metamucil if you've gotten that far in life. Uh, you can kind of get your body into the, the shape of being regular by being 
intentional with the way you move your body. And I also find that, like, because for me, like, I'm one of those people, like, I I hate, like, morning mouth. So, like, I have to, like, brush my teeth. Like, that's one of the first things. I typically pee and brush my teeth. Like, that's one and two every day. And I find that if I do have water and then start to, like, move my body, granted, like, when I'm first moving it, I'm I'm not fully, like, awake, you know? But, like, as I'm moving it more and more, it's, like, that combination of, like, toothpaste from the morning and then, like, water and movement, it really helps me wake up in a way that I don't need coffee or tea in the morning. And it's totally fine if you're like, but I love coffee and tea. Great. That's, I think, you know, do it. But I'm just saying I think that there's other things that we can put in our routine that also kind of help us to wake up to where we're not like, if someone doesn't give me a coffee, I'm going to punch a hole through a wall, which is definitely how some people feel in the morning. So, you know, I really just feel like it helps to wake your body up. You just feel like more in your body, I guess, if that makes sense. Um, And you just feel more present with your body if you do that. So the next step is nutrition. And I tend to like to move my body around a little bit before I eat food. And I typically eat, so like I'll like stretch and and do that sort of thing and kind of, and a lot of times, like you were saying, like in bed, a lot of times I do do part of the routine while I'm in bed still um, because I just love my bed and I can be lazy. Um, But I typically eat before and after the gym. Uh, For a long time, I really tried to like get to the gym and then eat because I had, I guess, heard somewhere that that was what I should do. It just does not work for me. Everybody's different. Um, For me, I need a little bit of fuel before I can get in there. And then I need a little fuel after. So I typically have something like lighter before the gym. And then I'll have something a little bit heavier after and definitely have like my protein and stuff after. Um, But yeah, you kind of want to like feel yourself if whether you know, whether you do the gym in the morning or not, like you want to make sure you're fueling yourself for the day. So many people skip breakfast. Whereas in other countries, breakfast is basically like dinner. Like the way that we prioritize dinner in this country is how other countries prioritize breakfast. And it makes sense because they're like, I'm starting my day. I've just not had food for the whole night. My body needs stuff in it so that I can go out and do things. And so many people are like, oh, I'm so tired. I'm tired all the time, blah, blah, blah. And then they start their day with just like coffee and no no food. And I'm like, well, of course you're tired. Like you're about, like you haven't eaten in hours and hours and hours and you're about to go out and start your day and do all these things. And whether it's physical or mental or or emotional or both or all three, it's like, how is your body going to do that when it has literally no fuel? So it's like, you have to fuel yourself in the morning and you have to fuel yourself like thinking about the day that you're going to have. So it's like you might need protein. You might, I mean, typically you're always going to need like protein and fiber at every meal, but it's like you might need more protein. You might need more fiber. You might need more healthy fats. You might need more carbs depending on what type of day you're going to have. So I think it's important to kind of learn how those things help your body and what they do within your body. So you can say, oh, well today, you know, I have to drop the kids off at school and then I have to go to this meeting and then I have to go do A, B, and C. And it's like, you can kind of say, well, based on the day I'm having, this is how I'm going to need to fuel myself. I think that if you're skipping a meal, the last meal that you should ever skip is breakfast. Um, It's just such an important, you shouldn't skip any of them, but breakfast is such an important meal. Like people need to be eating breakfast. Like, again, look at other countries. There's a reason why 
I feel like in America, we like health is such a challenge for us compared to other places. And part of it is just like the structures of meals. I mean, part of it is because our government is poisoning our food, but um, <laughs> like they literally allow things in our food that are illegal in other countries to put in their food. So obviously that is a big part of it, but it's also because we don't eat breakfast and we don't prioritize fueling ourselves throughout the day. So it's like breakfast, lunch, snacks, like things that are going to keep you going throughout the day. Cause if you're using all this energy, you've got to have something that's going in and giving you that energy. Like it's not just going to come out of like thin air. Yeah. I mean, I, I know everyone's different and this is where I don't like pigeonhole people and eat when you eat. I typically am a breakfast person, but I have several people that if they eat in the morning, they're immediately nauseous and they're throwing it right back up. Um, so it's, it's definitely like figure out what works for you. What I will say is just being mindful that if you aren't a morning eating person, like if your stomach is not here for that, like first thing waking up, it just doesn't agree. Making sure you move your body again in a gentle way or being mindful about the drinks or the beverages that you're drinking. Because I just, I know people who like can't even have a Now, do they morning. feel sick like after like do they have to wait like an hour or two or no like any like it just uh, the, the the morning time <laughs> the a.m period of the day is just it's not like, where they like, i can't eat until like just cannot eat until the lunch yeah like my body wow. just is not there and i know like it again yeah. it's your, your body type and what yeah the whole thing if you're into that woo woo type of thing that's a whole different yeah on that road like um, eat in the first like 45 minutes i have to wait like about an hour from waking up to eat or else I will feel sick. So that's interesting that different people, you know, have yeah, different, different times. Very like John could wake up, roll out of bed and immediately eat a food and be like, fine. Whereas I have to wait about an hour. So that gives me time to kind of like hydrate, do movement, do gratitude, certain supplements that I take, like you have to wait, like, you know, 10, 30 minutes to eat anyway. So it kind of like works out. But yeah, I used to skip breakfast because I would get sick if I ate immediately. But like now I, I wait about an hour and then I'm good. Yeah. And just, I mean, again, but knowing that about yourself, the way that you fuel yourself throughout the rest of your day helps you stay focused. And then I, and also people who are not IF, which I know is a whole controversial thing, do what you want. There are people who eat in their eight hours or in the evening and they choose to, to eat then. And again, just making sure you're structuring that last, last meal to withstand you to the morning mm -hmm. so you're feeling good. And it's a balanced meal and not just like your ice cream binge before you go to bed. And then that's all the last thing you've ate for like 12 hours. You know what I mean? Like you just got to be intentional about what you put in your system. Um, so, you know, it's not for ice cream right now which is like that's a very hot hot when you're like you look at ice cream and you're like it's too hot for that i'm not i don't like ice cream normally i, like, do, I don't eat it i do, I do enjoy, like <laughs> vegan ice cream like for i sure, don't you know. like any ice cream like, okay, it's like it's all right but i would rather yeah. not. ben and jerry's <laughs> vegan ice cream is like i love it so much ben and jerry's vegan ice cream is so good but like I have not been able to eat it like most of the summer because I just feel like it's somehow, even though it's not actually dairy, but it's just like it has a dairy feel to it and it's just too hot for that. I'm just not into ice cream as a, as a friend. She's great. Um, I will eat her if I feel like it's very rare. Like once or twice a year, I'm like, oh, I could do it for some ice cream. And we never have dairy ice cream. So I don't I say you do like greenery creamery. That's yeah. Cool. And that's literally like the once a year. And I yeah. typically I'm there to get things for other people. Like I don't even get things for myself. I get it for everybody in the family and I get a pint for my friends. And then like we 
we leave. I'm like, I did my my annual like local ice cream uh, joint situation. But yeah, just figuring out what works for you. Creamery is great for people that are not into ice cream because everything they have, I mean, they do have like some stuff that's like typical, but a lot of stuff they have is like not. It's like charcoal ice cream and stuff like that or ube, you know, just like flavors that you don't find at like a local place. So that makes sense. All right. So the next one is practicing gratitude. And this is really just great for your mental health and a great way to start the day. Um, you can, you know, be saying affirmations or you can just kind of make a little gratitude list for the day. Again, it can be mental in your head, just saying like, these are the five things I'm grateful for today. Or it could be writing it down. Like a lot of people love the act of just like writing down a few things they're grateful for. You could journal in the morning. So this can look a lot of different ways depending on who you are. So not everybody wants to open up a pen and paper in the morning. Some people love it. Um, But pretty much everybody can just sit there and think to themselves, like, what are three things I'm grateful for this morning and count those things out. And again, it doesn't have to be complex things. It can be simple things. I'm thankful that the sun rose today. I'm thankful that the sky is blue. And I'm thankful that I had a lot of clean water to drink this morning, you know, it can be simple things. Um, but it's literally like it's pr- scientifically proven that when you express gratitude, even if it's just like out, you know, to yourself or whatever, um, it improves your mental health. So what an easy way to start the day and start just like kind of that positive thinking to, to be able to make the day as good as you can make it, you know? Yeah, that's it. I mean, a very positive thing to do, an easy thing to do if that is, you know, yeah. where you are and your space. If that's helpful to you and your, your journey, I don't do it. <laughs> but I love that for, for the people who do it. I love people journal. That's one thing I definitely have never gotten into. Um, just my jam. But it's, I mean, I've heard good things from people who do it with their children, especially if you have um, children who are having issues uh, visualizing or understanding the privilege or like the positive things in life or, or feeling a little like complaining. Some kids do get that way. I've heard that parents do introduce a gratitude jar as a family to kind of just take a challenge of everybody getting things in there to fill it up. And then at the end of the year, you can look back and say, oh yeah, we had this many good things happen to us, especially as the world is falling apart actively all around us every day. So finding the things that you can reflect on is a super great way to just change your perspective on what you are doing and what you can be appreciative of in that moment. The morning is a great time to take a break from devices if you can. Um, Again, not everybody's going to be able to just depending on your job and your, you know, parental status and your situation. But uh, it's kind of a time when it's especially like if you wake up early in the morning. I know a lot of like moms will wake up extra early to kind of just have some time for themselves in the morning before everybody else in the house gets up. And a lot of times like, you know, a lot of people are not working at six, seven in the morning, even eight in the morning. Um, So it can just kind of be a time where you're like, well, I'm not going to necessarily be on my devices because it's not necessarily a time where emails are going to be flying in or notice notifications are going to be flying in like they are later in the day. Um, and also it's like, it's actually not great for us to jump straight onto a device first thing in the morning. Uh, Cause it kind of upsets like our system in the same way where they say like, take a break, like the last hour before bed, you know, everybody's heard that like turn devices off the last hour before bed. It's going to make getting to bed easier. You'll be able to, you know, your body will be able to secrete the hormones it needs to secrete to be able to get to bed. It's kind of the same thing in the morning. It's kind of a shock to the system 
um, if you wake up and immediately go for your phone or you immediately go for your computer. And I will say that for years, I definitely did this. Like I would wake up and be like, all right, phone time. Um, so that's something that I've worked on and like this year kind of have stopped doing. And for me, I'll be straight up with you. I have to put my phone in another room to not reach for it first thing in the morning. So it's like my phone is literally in the living room at night because if not, I just, it's just such a habit that I'll reach for it first thing in the morning. But now that I've had it in the living room, it does allow me to kind of have that space to do other things in the morning and and go straight into hydrating and doing my stretches and, and things like that. So if you can take a break from devices, like that's such an ideal time to do it is when you wake up and you're not getting all the emails and all the notifications. All of the things. Can't, again, <laughs> don't listen to me. Go I can't help you with that. But that sounds like a good thing to do. I feel like maybe people are trying to get report back and let me know how it works. Um, <laughs> and other things that you can do in terms of fixing up your morning routine to set yourself up for a good day is just indulging in self-care and what that looks like for, for you. Again, we've talked about in this podcast about how the uh, luxury goods industry has definitely written a script on what self-care should look like, and you do not have to prescribe to that. Self-care could be as simple as just, again, not having your phone in the room. Like, that's an, an act of self-care. Like, having the type of music you want to listen to in the morning, that's an act of self-care. Setting the essential oils in your, you know, essential oil... Uh, oil diffuser that's an act of self-care meditating doing all those things are acts of self-care that work for you and what your body and what that looks like to you self-care is just doing something for yourself and not for the good of others it's really what would make you feel good and I think having that piece of like serenity for yourself again is a way to set your tone for a more productive and healthier day because I think a lot of people just worry about like products or like, oh, my face routine should be this routine because this influencer has this routine. That would be self-care and I'll have a better morning. That's not going to make your morning better. <laughs> it's nice if you like it and it's nice to have, but if that's not speaking to you, that's not going to create the the happiness and joy within you or the peace that you need. You have to really look inside and find what works for you. And I know, like you said, like a lot of people who just had kids struggle with that. So parents typically when they have younger kids kind of fall off the beat because they're a caretaker or even like caregivers who are just thrust into that role. Any type of caregiver typically struggles to find those self-care moments in the morning because they're so worried about the list of things that are happening and totally understand it's overwhelming. So even if it's just taking your tea after you've had your water and go sitting outside on your balcony for five, 10 minutes, that is your act of self-care. I encourage you to find that thing and indulge in it. Yeah, I definitely feel like, you know, I mean, like we've talked about the world self-care has been just kind of like co-opted. But I think that if you're looking for like tips for like self-care of like how, what's going to work for you, a good thing is to start to research serotonin and dopamine because instead you'll get kind of more scientists, like scientific backed stuff that will tell you like, here are the things you can do to increase your dopamine. Here are things you can do to increase your serotonin. And they typically don't focus on things like they're not focused on things you can buy. You know what I mean? They're focused on things like getting sunlight, going for a walk. And so they give you these really like much more attainable things to do. And again, they're often free. Um, so yeah, definitely like just research serotonin and dopamine rather than searching like self-care hacks or you know things to do for self-care because again that's just been such like a co-opted 
uh, movement. So yeah, just kind of getting to those those words of the actual specifics of what you're trying to do, because that's pretty much what we're trying to do is like boost our serotonin and dopamine so we can be happier and less depressed. <laughs> um, so this is one that I know works for a lot of people. I don't always do this one, um, but I know it works really, really well for so many other people. Melissa swears by it. And that is getting dressed for the day, like getting dressed in a way that's like for work. So if you used to go into a corporate environment and now you don't, and now you kind of still will like dress that way for the day. For me, I will typically, again, because I work out in the morning, I will typically obviously shower and then change and get dressed. But I typically just a lot of times just wear something that's pretty casual or I'll wear like what I call a house dress, which is just like a dress that's very comfy that I can wear at home. Um, so yeah, I kind of dress, I tend to be like more on the comfortable side, but you know, I've always worked more on the creative side of things. So I think that kind of works. Obviously, if I have a day where we're going to go show homes and we're meeting with clients, then obviously I'll dress, you know, the way I need to dress that day. But uh, yeah, but I mean, I think this helps a lot of people just kind of get into a different mindset. And I, I do think it works even if you don't dress like fancy or if you don't, like I saw some person, they were like, I'm going to put on pants every day that are like full long like work pants, like not jeans, not shorts, not a dress. It has to be like work pants every day. And I think, you know, that helps that person, but I don't think you necessarily need to do that to make it work. I just think that it's the act of changing out of what you slept in that makes the difference. And it just kind of alerts your brain to like, Hey, we're going into like a different mode. Yeah. I mean, again, um, you don't have to put hard pants on, but just putting on different clothes. Yeah. I've never, been a person to wear pajamas all day i've never been a person to go outside in pajamas which i know is a big thing for some people that's on you i i i spiritually don't subscribe to that i'm not a super fancy everyday person but i definitely feel a difference in like schlupping versus like Mm -hmm putting on a bra and means I'm getting to work. That's what that means. <laughs> I'm like, that's literally, I'm like, okay, I'm going to work out of a bra. Do you think people that wear like pajamas outside, like do they wear like fancy pajamas outside? No. Because like, <laughs> you know, you know some pajamas have like the like little. I know what you're asking. You're saying no. I'm saying yeah. people who wear their smiley face, like, yeah. uh, what was the name of that company? Joe, whatever. <laughs> like a little, it was like banana boxer. Yes. Okay. Joe yeah. boxer, like pajama. That's what makes me like yeah. when I go outside and I see people wearing pajamas, which That's is awesome. Wearing. Uh, well, I, I sleep in like, you know, pajamas that look like a Capricorn's pajamas. Um, just like typical old pajamas. Like, you know what I mean? Like the lapel little thing with the button. The Ariana Grande uh, music video. Okay. Yeah. So I sleep in those types of pajamas because I like pajamas that are like actual pajamas and they're typically like black with the white trim. I have navy with the white trim. I have striped with the white trim, but they're, uh, most of them are black with the white trim. So like, I feel like my pajamas look so much like pajamas that it's like, I couldn't even wear, like, how would I wear them outside? You know, like they're clearly pajamas. I wouldn't be able to say like, oh, this is just a tank top and some comfortable like sweatpants. Like this is like very much your grandparents pajamas <laughs> yeah. so yeah i'm like i i definitely do not wear them outside but what i'm wearing right now could technically i think my pajamas also look the same but they're different i'm like wearing like a, a, a pant a cropped pant and a tank top like a lounge wear situation and an athleisure if you will <laughs> and then but i do my the 
pajama pants that I have, which I don't wear to bed, I just own them to be decent, um, are cropped gray, very modern-y Target mom shorts or sweatpants. They look like workout clothes, like it just... Very, yeah, I know. Some and I can't would. sleep in workout clothes because I need to, like, be free. I can't have, like, compression. Oh, I don't wear comp- compression to work. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, <laughs> like, not leggings, like a, like a jogger situation. I don't know what people are sleeping in. I just know that yeah, I you, she, Charisma is wearing the Ariana Grande pajamas, and that is all she knows about sleep. She's like, people are wearing full button downs to bed with the little thing at the cuff. And that is <laughs> the I little pocket. Ariana Grande pajamas. I don't know what that means. Uh, no, well, Ariana, she's more like okay. Typically, like in a, her video, she's there's the satiny version, but like with the shorts and like you know and what I mean. Like, the, the, like but they have the like the collar yeah. and the little button, but yeah. it's the little short situation. Yes, I need, need to have. Pad. I need to have the collar, and I need to have yes, the, the collar, the little button, and then like usually like a little fuzzy <laughs> eye mask. <laughs> fancy when i go to sleep a satin a satin yes. situation mm-hmm. a i need all of that situation. um i don't yeah, like, when all with like when it happens that all my pajamas are dirty and john will be like here you can sleep in my shirt and i'm like this is not what i signed up for i need my pajamas like i i don't know i that's just the capricorn in me i just love to have fancy pajamas all right but uh once you actually start your work day the best thing you can do is prioritize important tasks to get done first so you know what's actually important and what's you know stuff that is kind of can wait till the next day or wait till later in the day so prioritize those important tasks first even if they are longer even if they are more challenging because those are just the things that need to get done Um, and typically a lot of people will talk about focusing on three for the day I mean I think that can work but everybody like somebody might have a task that's going to take eight hours so it's like you know it's really hard to say a certain amount but I would just say in general prioritize at work what is going to be most important and go ahead and start that work after you've you know had a good morning routine so you're ready to start the day and get into it because a lot of times after people go out to lunch or people have like some meetings in the afternoon they're not quite as ready to tackle the projects head-on like they would be in the morning yeah for sure i think um and that's we could probably and should do an episode on what people call soft skills because soft skills are being the forgotten wayward uh skills that people typically don't nourish because you know you typically come out of college and get a job and so unless you had a sort of system or a really organized person in college on your own, you really like college doesn't teach you how to become that type of person. Um, you just go into the workforce and you just run in base four, but you don't think about things like prioritizing tasks and what that looks like or organizing your calendar or setting up your day or like blocking your time and da, 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 da. that type of stuff is really something you learn through working. But for a lot of people, they never learn it. Like they don't understand. And so this uh-huh. is where it's like, when people find things out like the Pomodoro technique, it's like, oh, you can just do things and then take a break. Like, I didn't know that was possible. Like, it's brand new information. So, um, yes, prioritizing your tasks is very important. But I do understand from working with several people <laughs> throughout my career that it is very difficult for people to have that skill set if they don't already have it to know how to prioritize tasks. So, yeah, and that's that. 
that's such a whole other podcast because it's like usually depends on the type of work you do because again for like i hate when they're always just like yeah just pick your top three and i'm like but for some people (laughs) like that could be an eight hour task so that's not you know yeah not always gonna work depends on the work you have and again it's an industry and what you do obviously like the surgeon's top priorities are the surgeries that are on schedule for that day and then charting comes next and then you know admin stuff comes later where and same with teachers it's like lesson plans come after you do the actual teaching part but in our industry it's like you gotta jump into the work first and then you can do the admin stuff or you can do the admin stuff first you can start your day doing admin stuff and then do the work stuff after like it's very flexible so Obviously, it just depends on your career and what you do, but that is definitely a separate episode to talk about. And I definitely don't think there is a right number of tasks that one can do in a day. I know that it's very like, it was very popular to say, do your top three. And if you do three, it's the best. It's like, do what you can. If it's one thing, you did one thing. And that's all you could do. Like it could, again, it could have been an eight hour task and you got that one thing done. Uh-huh. that's fine versus some people like myself who are like i did 75 things today and i do what i do you know that's okay that's what i do i wouldn't recommend it that's not the standard there's no standard on the right amount of things you do you yeah do well it just yeah it just depends on how long they take because some yeah. of them take completely different amounts not everybody is as fast at doing other things yeah. as other people which mm-hmm. is a whole different like some people, it takes them a very long time to just write emails, like just to respond and follow up. And that's not their ministry. And that's why they hire virtual assistants or executive assistants, et cetera, to do that work because that's not their ministry. And then there's some people who are virtual assistants who love writing emails. And it takes them no time to just crank them out. So you have to find your working style and work, 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 what works best for you. One thing I will always recommend people is to have an admin day as an entrepreneur. If you can't do the in-between throughout your day and you're too busy and it's stressful i think dedicating your monday or your friday to just being admin day where you do all your billing you do all your email follow-ups etc etc is a great way to um, set that time apart to work on developing those what they call soft skills because it's a necessary evil you just cannot have a good follow-up etc etc like phone call you can't not do those things it's just figuring out how you better integrate them into your day-to-day um, and prioritize them is where people tend to drop the ball the most. Agreed. So if you have any other tips for a healthy and productive morning routine, please let us know them. Shoot us a DM. Um, we'd love to share them on our stories. Um, but yeah, if these help you, if you integrate any of them into your routine, let us know. We'd like to know how they work for you. And we will be back next week uh, with more business chat. Yep. We will see you next week. Thanks for checking in. Bye.